Welcome to the Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Manchester campus. Well, while they do that, I'm just going to get right into this. Um, I want to just start by praying. Jorgen uh, prayed for the offering in a manner that I think it was appropriate to carry over to the message tonight. And that is that everything in God's Word comes from His love. And then it's meant to instruct, and then it's meant to uh, guide. It's meant to even the difficult parts, even the chastising parts, the um, the difficult parts, and the stuff that can be take a little bit more effort to get through it. So I'm going to pray first, and then I'll explain what I mean. Father, I thank you and praise you that first and foremost, you are above all things that you have no equal, and you created all things, and you set everything into motion. You designed our lives. You designed the times in which we live uh, for your purpose and your goodness and your glory. So God, as we just share this word tonight, I know that you've, you've called me to speak this word, but I pray, God, that it would be your spirit that speaks, and that as we have worshipped you, that our hearts would be prepared to hear what you have for us, and that uh, we would honor you with what we do with this word. We thank you and praise you in your name. Amen. Uh, you know, we're in this Roots series, and I think it's been an amazing series because when you just think of the idea of Roots and the subtitle of what lies beneath, it is really, it can bring about a whole lot of uh, mind pictures and just where it, just all this stuff can start churning around in your mind. Last week we looked at such an important route to build into our life on, on believing, specifically believing what God says in His Word. That applies to all of us, but the stuff that specifically be, that we need to believe that God is saying for us, specifically for us, for our lives, no matter where we find ourselves. Um, tonight's message. <laughs> It is not Grace Capital's desire. First and foremost, it's not God's desire. It's not Grace Capital's desire. It's not my desire. It's not Jorgen's desire. It's not your desire to either condemn or to judge anyone. You know, the Lord says in His Word that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. However, there are messages that come around. There are things that God tells us. Again, we already said that can be difficult for us to to uh, hear because it requires that we process through it. And what I mean by that is roots, what lies beneath. There are good roots and there are bad roots, right? If you've ever been running through the forest or running through, you know, the woods and you've ever tripped on a root, then that's that moment you wished that someone had told you or that root had been uncovered. And I've done that, which may explain a lot. You know, bumped my head a few too many times. A tree needs its roots to go deep because when a tree has deep roots, it has strength, it has resiliency, it has the ability to deal with adverse circumstances. Not that there's that many, but I'm sure the trees in Washington, D.C. have seen a lot of adversity as of late. But if you have a garden, if you have mulch anywhere in your yard, if you have grass, then you know that weeds also have roots. And with a weed, 
you have to pull it up by the root. If you don't, it can grow back. So keep those things in mind. Some roots, because I feel like I was trying to figure out as I was preparing for this sermon, is this supposed to be a positive root? Or is it supposed to be uncovering a not-so-positive root? And I think it's intended to be both. And I hope that when we're done, you'll see that. So keep that in mind, that some roots need to be exposed while other roots need to go deep. This week's message is uh, titled, Walking in the Spirit. You know, I'm going to jump right to the Word if I can. And I'm going to go to Romans 8. If you have your Bible, you can see if you can get there before I do. Uh, Romans 8, and I'm going to start in verse 1. Life through the Spirit. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of the sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have set their minds on that, what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It doesn't submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. I know that's a lot, but I'm going to go over to another scripture just to kind of set the table for us. This is why they created Bible apps. All right, Galatians 6, 4 through 8. Each one should test his own actions, that he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to anybody else. For each one should carry his own load. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. This sermon is titled, Walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. Sowing to please the Spirit. But what I felt like was important is to know or to take a second, uh, take a few minutes to look at the other side of that. It's important that we not dwell on it as if to be curious about it, but I want to take a look first at the flesh and what walking in the flesh is about so we can then look at what walking in the Spirit is. Now, the flesh, according to the Bible, is also the sinful nature. Now, there's a couple things about the sinful nature or the flesh. One, it's inherent to every single one of us. 
because of what Adam did, as it says in Romans chapter 6, that through the one man, sin came into the world, and through that sin, all men have died. It's inherent to every single one of us. There is not a person who has been born who has not been born with a sinful nature. The sinful nature, I spent some time, I have this cool book right here. If you go through the Foursquare licensing process, they give you this really thick book, and thankfully they didn't ask me to read all of it because I'd still be reading it. But it's called Foundations of Pentecostal Theology. So here as a Foursquare church, we are a Pentecostal church, which means we believe in the active working of the Holy Spirit as displayed on the day of Pentecost. And this is an incredible, incredible resource. I was excited about this message, and as I was preparing it, I found myself like creating this very, very uh, weighty sort of discussion-like sermon. And I'm like, wait a second, that really isn't what, what tonight is about. So I kind of backed up a little bit. Suffice it to say that if you're curious about, um, I don't want to say sin is a theology, but this book kind of explores certain questions you might have. Why? Why did sin come into the world? Why did God allow that? What is all that kind of stuff about? There are some really interesting things in there. So I pulled out of that because, again, I want us to understand what the sin nature is, and then we'll get to the good part. We'll get to the exciting part, the hope part. So all of us were born inherently with a sinful nature. There is no way around it. The sin nature, if you want to just bring it down to something, that is the corrupt part of us. It is the part of us that wants what is contrary to what God wants. It is the part of us that lives in the exact opposite of God's perfect law and his perfect character. Now, what I'd like to do is go back to Galatians, but I'm going to go to uh, chapter 5. Because this will give us an idea. And if you've been a believer for a little bit, then you know this list. In fact, Paul calls our body corruptible. In Corinthians, he says that the perishable or the corruptible will be clothed with the imperishable. Uh, Galatians chapter 5. This is where Paul lays out the sin nature. Starting uh, 5 verse 13 says, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you may be destroyed by each other. Verse 16, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with, the, with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impure, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
Exciting stuff, right? I can see you guys. (laughs) But this is the truth. This is the sinful nature. This is what it looks like. Now, the reason why I said it's not God's desire or my desire or Grace Capital's desire to condemn anyone is because my experience in walking with God, I trust has been yours or will be yours, that as you draw close to God, He's going to call you out on stuff. And Paul lays out a list of the way that our sinful nature can show itself. But it's not a checkoff list where you, okay, I'm good on that, I'm good on that, I'm good on that. Because while there is no gray area in Scripture, I feel like the word impurity implies gray area. It covers a lot of ground. So you may not necessarily be engaging in drunkenness or orgies, and praise the Lord for that, but maybe there are some other things that uh, that God may be trying to get your attention on and about. <laughs> now, the great part. So we have this sin nature in us that we A, can't get away from, and B, are subject to whether we like it or not. Thank you, Mom and Dad. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Eve. But the cool thing is that believers are different. We are different. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, I urge you in view of God's mercy to offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Romans 12, 2 says, And don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 8, starting in verse 12. We just read through about those controlled by the sinful nature. So here he goes on after he says this right here. You, however, are not controlled. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. The awesome thing about walking in the spirit, the awesome thing about this sin nature that we have that we can't get away from is that scripture says that the reason Jesus came and the reason Jesus died was to free us from that. Another part of scripture says that He overcame the power of sin. So the good news for us is that while we have this inherent sin nature, that He who raised Christ from the dead, being God, by the Holy Spirit, gives us His Holy Spirit. And it says, we'll give life to your mortal bodies. Guess what that means? That means that when you come to Jesus in faith and you believe, and you receive His Holy Spirit, The Holy Spirit resides now in your heart and it gives you the power and it gives you the ability to overcome sin. Why? Because Scripture says that Jesus, when He died on the cross, He broke the power of sin. In fact, in other parts in the Scripture, says Paul says, you're not subject to that any longer. Don't get back under a yoke of slavery by obeying the sinful nature. Because guess what? When Adam and Eve were in the garden, they were created in perfection. At the time, she was just called the woman. Woman. 
They were created in perfection, but God... Did you know that sin was around before then? Did you know that sin existed before man and woman were put into the garden? So, sin is not man's doing. It's not God's doing. He can't sin. That's impossible. But because God desires a creation that chooses Him, He had to, because He created us in His image, give us a choice. I don't know about you, but I married my wife almost 15 years ago. And it wouldn't feel the same. Her love would not feel the same if it was forced. You know what I mean? Wouldn't that seem, doesn't that seem really weird that if someone was loving you because they were forced to? Is that even love? No, of course not. So Adam and Eve made a choice to disobey God. In, in uh, Romans 6, it says that through the one man, sin came and with it death, and it reigned, but through the one man, Jesus, we now have new life. And guess what? The gift of Christ is greater than the curse of Adam. So we're walking in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. Believers are called to be different. That means, guess what? You no longer have to yield to sin. You no longer have to obey it because the Scripture says that when you weren't a believer, you had no choice but to obey it. But now, boom, God comes in. I don't know about you, but that was my experience. Jorgen had that cool story last week, I guess. It was a cool story about his friends who had been Christians and decided to do something that was non-Christian and how it bothered them. That is what God does. That is what the Holy Spirit does when you say yes to Him as He comes in, boom. But isn't it true that there are things that leave right away? There's things that all of a sudden you just become uncomfortable with and the Holy Spirit saying, yeah, come on, let that go, let that go. I used to like country music, but Jesus said no. Just making sure you're paying attention. See, a lot of country music fans in here because everyone was like, I don't know. (laughs) But I believe, and I know because of what Scripture says, that we don't end there, right? You know, I told my wife probably a, a bazillion times on our wedding day that I loved her. I still tell her that. It would be weird if I said it once and said, you know, it stands. I meant it then. I know it's been 15 years, but I said it then. So we don't end right there. It's a continual process. We are different. We no longer yield. Scripture says to set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Set your heart on things above. Where what? Where Christ is seated in the heavenlies. We have the ability to say no. But it's a choice, right? Walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. Let's read the end of Galatians 6 if we can. When I say we, I mean me. (laughs) Excuse me, Galatians 5. So he says all these things, the sinful nature, this is what it is. Pretty ugly stuff. Those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Even more ugly stuff. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Some of you are just the most amazing people that I know. You are the most godly and wonderful people that I know. Some of you. (laughs) But I know no matter how godly you are, you're not there yet, right? Stephen Curtis Chapman, we're not home yet. We're not there yet. Put in your mind the picture of a tree. Think of a tree. Just a tree. Picture a tree, like a good tree. How about an oak tree? Because oak trees are uh, pretty stout trees. So have this picture of an oak tree in your, in your mind as we go forward. Galatians 6, 4 through 8, he talks about how we mustn't yield to the sinful nature. Let me go back to that for a second. Keep that uh, the metaphor of a tree. Just think of a tree, an oak tree. Not a geometry, because that wouldn't add up. All right, four, let's start in uh, Galatians 6, 4. Each one should test his own actions. See, again, this is not why, this is where we have proof that God does not bring condemnation and why it's not my job or any pastor or leader or your brother or sister in Christ's job to tell you what you're doing wrong necessarily. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to every to somebody else. For each one should carry his own lo- excuse me his own load. Anyone who receives instruction in the word should must share all good things with his, with his instructor. Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. It's either one or the other. You're either sowing to please the Spirit or you're sowing to please the sinful nature. There is no real in-between. You can't do one or the other. The list of what the sinful nature is is pretty clear. And this is the part where I just want to kind of give us an idea of what I'm driving at about our flesh without necessarily calling anyone out. Because I really don't know your life, and I wasn't thinking of anybody specifically. But, again, I don't think anyone here regularly engages in drunkenness or orgies. But how about... It's not a joke. Don't laugh. (laughs) But what do you do with your time? What are you putting into your mind? What do you watch? What do you do with your time? How about your money? What do you do with your money? You may tithe, but what do you do with the rest of your money? How about your life? What do you do with your life? Are you submitting your life to the Lord? How about who are you living your life for? Are you actively engaging God in every aspect of your life? 
Because I think that the sinful nature is deceptive, right? Paul tells us to be careful of sin's deceitfulness. And the truth about Eve is, Satan didn't make her sin. He didn't overpower her and tie one arm behind her back and force her to do it. You know, we learned that as kids, right? They made me do it. No, the devil didn't make her do it. But he certainly tempted her. He certainly coerced her. He certainly lied to her. And she fell for it. So our sin nature is crafty. It's deceitful. What I believe God wants us to do is with this new life that we have, the power that we have to say no to sin, we have to know what sin is. And we have to be willing... Hi. That's okay. You guys can keep playing. (laughs) And the way we do that is right here. You can't know what sin is and you can't know what God is calling you to if you're not here and you're not engaging God in worship. You're not engaging Him in prayer. You're not engaging Him in serving. So that picture of that tree, we have to starve our flesh and we have to feed our spirit. So that picture of that tree, picture that tree. It has roots, right? We want those roots to go very deep. The tree has to be watered. That's the Holy Spirit. Here as a four-square church, we believe in what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When you look at the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down in power. It baptized them, which is immersed. It immersed them in power. It immersed them in the ability to be God's witness. So that waters the roots of our tree. As the tree grows, how do we grow? Again, by spending time in the Word, by drawing near to God. Scripture says in James that draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Resist the devil and he must flee from you. You can't resist the devil with any success if you don't first draw near to God. You can't come to church on Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday afternoon, And that's your only time with God. You are starving your tree. Your tree needs water. Your tree needs to be fed. So as your tree grows and the branches and the leaves are growing, that's you growing out. That is you expanding yourself, extending yourself to God. God speaks to you. You yield something to Him. You move along. Scripture says what? From glory to glory. As God speaks to you, because you're engaging Him. You know, again, I love that picture of marriage. I've been married almost 15 years. Do I do everything to please my wife perfectly? Absolutely not. But as you grow together, there are things that you let go of. That is the continual process of walking in the Spirit. God will reveal things to you about your life. And when you make the choice to let it go, you grow. And as you grow, so you're now an oak tree. You've got these leaves growing. You've got these branches growing. You can't be an oak tree. Well, just be an oak tree. What happens with a tree eventually? Some trees grow what? They grow fruit. See, the fruit of the Spirit is not something you can do on your own. If it was all by human effort, we wouldn't need Christ. 
But as we yield to Jesus, as we're walking in the Spirit, the Spirit of God builds the fruit in our life because we're not yielding to the sin nature anymore. We're yielding to the Spirit. Now you've got this amazing tree loaded with fruit. If the fruit just stays up there, what happens? It rots. It's no good. As the fruit grows in your life, that fruit is meant for others. As you grow in Christ, He has purposed every single one of you. If you sit here today or you stand here today and you say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, guess what? He has a plan for you. He has a calling for you. It might be a pastor. It might be a guy that works at a credit union. It might be someone who works at a gas station. It doesn't even matter because it's God's calling. As you grow, your fruit is meant to be used for the benefit of others, right? To serve one another, to serve those in the body of Christ, to serve those. Jesus said, I came to seek and save those that are lost. The privilege and the joy we have is to carry on that mission. I can play the drums, but I can't sing. I like to think I can. The shower thinks I can sing. We need people who are talented. We need people, not just talent. We need people who love other people. We need people who are God has called some of you because you are amazing at recognizing the needs of other people. Some of you are amazing at just connecting with people out of nothing. Some of you are extremely creative. And we see that on a weekly basis. But some of you, I believe God is saying, hey, come on, come on. This is all the process of walking in the Spirit. I, I find it ironic and funny, in a way, that God refers to the evidence of the Spirit in our life as fruit. When fruit is the very thing that we chose that separated us from Him. So like God to redeem things. What's that, Jesus? I know. He's so clever. <laughs> Nothing, and we're going to end with this, nothing, nothing stops a strong root, right? You ever walked in the city lately and you're <laughs> walking over a tree root that has broken through the sidewalk? That's why they don't put septic tanks near tree roots because they will grow right through it. I even saw in the Mythbusters that a tree root grew right through this, um, you know, this little dude that they were trying to see if it would, and it grew right through it. Nothing can stop a strong root. Walk. Walk in the Spirit of God. Walk in the Spirit of the Lord. He loves you. He has not condemned you. He has purposed your word, His word, excuse me, for you and Him to have a relationship. He's purposed... I'll share a story. <laughs> Last Saturday, I was probably goofing around as usual, and Elizabeth uh, Leone had asked me, hey, 
I do serve in the kids' ministry as well. And she said, can you serve this week or next week? And I said, this, I know it was the Spirit of God. And I said, you know what, let me check the preaching schedule first, because I didn't want to commit to something I couldn't do. So I went home that very night, and I didn't check the preaching schedule. <laughs> in fact, it wasn't until Tuesday that I checked the preaching schedule. Looking through my emails, I don't have it. Hey, Jorgen, do you have the preaching schedule? Sends it to me. Oh my gosh, I'm on for preaching this week. And I spent two days, Sunday and Monday, messing around because I was so excited that I... Annie and I lost our computer, well, because it was older than my son. So it was, it was time for a new one. And I built my own computer, and I was... That's all I did. Not all I did, but there was a lot of that. If I had just done what I said... I would have felt more prepared, I guess. But you know what's interesting is I was sitting there preparing for this message while the computer was like, hello, play with me. I'm like, no. God revealed something to me about myself. Two years ago is when our computer kind of went out. And since then, I've spent a lot of time looking at things online, checking it out, doing research, being a smart consumer watching YouTube videos like, oh, that would be so cool. That would be so awesome. And <laughs> it occurred to me as I was reading about sin and the sin nature that <clears throat> God said, Kevin, that's, do you realize that was covetousness? I was like, Annie, are you in here? Couldn't, surely that couldn't be you, O oh Lord. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my, you're right, Jesus. I just suck this in like new stuff, new stuff, new stuff. Oh, that would be so awesome. Just, uh, and God revealed to me, that was covetous. And I haven't thought of covetousness since I was probably a little kid and in Sunday school and heard about covetousness. I say that and I share that because of the wonderful grace of God that as you grow with Him, He reveals things. He takes you from one place, the obvious stuff, I think, in your life that goes away. But as you grow, things get a little deeper. He goes a little further because guess what? He gets to the root of what's going on in your life. That stuff you haven't thought about since you were a kid or those decisions you make now that are connected to some experience you had as a kid. As you grow with him, he gets that out. Because his word says that those he predestined, excuse me, those he foreknew, don't want to get that backwards, those he foreknew, he also predestined to be what? Conformed to the image of his son. That conforming is, it can be tough. But I urge you in view of God's mercy to present yourselves as living sacrifices. The Lord loves you. He doesn't desire to take you down. All the songs we sang tonight, he's on our side. He's fighting for us. If God is for us, who can be against us? 
So we're going to pray, and as we pray, what I want you to do is think about your own life. If you've got something in your mind and heart that you know God is nailing you on, it's okay to cry. I've done it four times already. (laughs) Just give it to the Lord. If you're struggling with anything and you just know it, you know it, it's right there and it's preventing you from living in joy, it's preventing you from living in peace, it's preventing you from pursuing the life that God has for you, lay that down as we pray. Because guess what? God desires that for you. And if there's nothing, awesome. But pray and say, God, is there anything? Is there anything? Is there anything you want to uncover? Because again, the bad roots need to be uncovered so you don't trip over them. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you and praise you that though we are earthen vessels, though we are flawed and we are (laughs) limited, that you love us with a limitless love. Thank you, Jesus, that you showed us what perfect obedience is. The reason you're qualified is because you showed us what it is to overcome the sin nature. Your word specifically says that you became that sin offering, that you fulfilled the righteous requirement of the law, that you took the wrath of God on yourself and you swallowed up sin and death in your death because you were perfect, because you were perfect in obedience to God's law, whether stated law, his moral law, but also his character. Lord Jesus, would you do for us what we cannot do for ourselves? Lord, in most of us, in all of us, you have started that work because we have come to you in faith, believing that you are Jesus Christ, the Messiah. We sang that tonight, that we believe. In that moment you believed, the power of sin was broken over you. Receive that tonight if you need to hear that, that the power of sin is broken in you. You no longer have to obey but you have to say no. Jesus, would you give us that strength? Would you fill us again with your Holy Spirit? The implication of your word is that the filling of your spirit is not just a one time, but that we would be filled to overflowing. Lord, the the river of living water as it flows out of us, as it brings joy and peace not only to our life, but to those around us. Would you do a new work like you said? Would you do a new thing such that no one can claim it except you? Do that new thing in our midst. Lord, break the chains. Father, I want to pray specifically for anyone in here who has come under a yoke of slavery because they've yielded to sin. If that's... (laughs) If that's you, pray with me. Jesus, by the fire of your Holy Spirit, would you burn that root? 
by the power of your name, would you, like an axe, cut that root? Lord Jesus, I choose not to yield to that any longer. And I pray that what you've begun in me, that that sin would be detestable to me. And I pray for the help because I know I'm going to need that help. And Father, I pray for those, well, I pray for all of us. This is why we have one another. This is why we have the body of Christ. So that we can lean on one another. And God, I pray that we would be bold. Not condemning, not judging, but that we would be bold enough if we see something in each other's lives to have the courage. And that God, if something, somebody brings something to us, we would have the love to say, thank you, brother. Thank you, sister. God, thank you for making us new creations. The old is gone, the new has come. Amen. Scripture says, I'll leave you with this one, with this. Galatians 5.16 says, Paul says, So I tell you, live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit, and you will not. You will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. If you're focused on living for the Spirit, the sin nature doesn't have a chance. And I guarantee you that as you do that, you're going to see some amazing things happen in your own life and in the lives of others. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 